0: So if you had to give advice to someone on how to live, what would you say? And if you even had to boil it down to 10 things, what would you do? Well, that's what God did whenever he gave us the 10 commandments. He gave us the set of instructions for here's how we are to live. And really, it's for our good. It's, it's the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Guidelines, Ten Suggestions, but it's the Ten Commandments. But it's for our benefit that if we live according to His set of instructions, then we will be blessed. And so if you were here several weeks ago in the beginning of summer, we first looked at no other gods, about how it's God first and God alone. And then we looked at God's name and we talked about how even how we talk about His name should be done reverently. Then we talked about the Sabbath, about how we should take a set-aside every week time for rest and to worship. And then we talked about honoring our mother and father. And then a couple weeks ago we talked about do not murder. And what was kind of fun about that one was uh, Pastor Wayne was here preaching. And so all of our notes internally to all of our uh, team members and our volunteers and everything, uh, it had do not murder and then parentheses, Pastor Wayne. So it looked like it was saying, you know, do not murder Pastor Wayne, but, uh, and that's true. So we should not murder Wayne. But also, it's to murder uh, anyone, if that was actually the, the deal. And so, uh, last week we looked at adultery, and this week we're looking at do not steal. Do not steal is the seventh commandment. And, and really, for a lot of us, we can look at that, do not steal, and say, okay, well, hmm, all right. I, I guess that's a pretty easy one to follow. I mean, after all, uh, most of us in this room have not stolen $1.2 million worth of fajitas from their employer, like a guy actually did last year in Texas, or did we go into Guitar Center and take a $1,700 Fender electric guitar and put it in our sweatpants, okay, and then put the t-shirt over and actually waddle out without anyone noticing, which a guy actually did last year in Texas. There must be some sort of theme about last year in Texas. But I got to say, I have a new profound um, sympathy for sweatpants after reading that story. $1,700 Fender guitar and sweatpants, amazing. So most of us are saying to ourselves, you know, we're not doing that. But really, actually, if we look at this commandment and all that it really has to imply, we can see how it applies a lot of things. After all, in the the thesaurus, that's a tongue twister, the the thesaurus, there are 138 different synonyms for stealing and so let's look at a few different ways to steal how do we steal uh the first way is by deceiving customers so first way here is by deceiving customers back in uh, the book of amos in the old testament it says they overcharge, use false measures and fix the scales to cheat the customers so three thousand years ago this was a problem but really it sounds Pretty current. I mean, after all, I read about a guy at a grocery store who was a cashier there, and uh, he figured out that you know, whenever you have like really large orders, so you have, I mean, just like uh, you know, 50 items that you're checking out, um, you're not going to notice you're not gonna notice every single item that was scanned or not scanned. And so he figured out that he, on his little roller thing, he would scan something uh, as he's scanning everything else. And then he figured out that, hey, um, then he's charging you for it. So you pay it because you don't notice it. And then at the end of the night, he gets to take home a bunch of free stuff on your dime. And so he figured that out. And so they were writing this article to say, hey, you know, you should really uh, pay attention to your order when you go grocery shopping, which is true. But then again, though, I got to admit, whenever that receipt comes out and it's like a mile long, I'll admit that, yeah, I can see how someone can, you know, potentially get away with something like that, right? But but aside from that, we also have things that are legal, but just a little slimy, if you say. So, for example, we have... Uh, Uh, you know, Best Buy or whatever store will advertise for Black Friday specials. They'll advertise a 70 inch Samsung TV for only $399 and you think that's a good deal and then you get there and of course they only had one in stock. You know how that goes, right? So things like that are legal, but they're just a little slimy. And so that's one way. Another way here is by defrauding employers. We can still buy defrauding employers. Several years ago, The Simpsons had an episode where Mr. Burns came over for dinner unexpectedly, and Homer uh, slammed the door on Mr. Burns, who was his employer of the PowerPoint, or the power plant, and he went around the house and <laughs> collected all the items— that belonged to the power plant, and he threw them all in a closet, and then he opened the door, and he said, okay, now you can come in, and and, you know, part of that's just The Simpsons, right? I mean, after all, is Homer Simpson really uh, upheld as this ethical, moral person? No, and in fact, uh, in other episodes, they'll have that gag where he'll be uh, mowing his lawn. And on the side, it'll say property of Ned Flanders, who is Homer's neighbor. And, and so, you know, they kind of had that gag for a while about, hey, you know, uh, here's Homer stealing from his employer or from his neighbor. Um, but but really, so, I mean, I think that as we look at this way, I think that we can acknowledge that, yeah, there is definitely a temptation to to take some things from work. or um, and, and really, you know, um, you know, small things that probably a lot of people aren't going to notice. There is that temptation, but there's also things like this. What about, what about your time? What I mean by that is uh, it's easy to show up late or it's easy to leave early. It's easy to take three coffee breaks, a long lunch. And really by then, I mean, how much time have you really given your employer uh, that way. Or, or even, um, you know, with things like the advent of social media, it's amazing at how uh, so many times we'll show up at work, and then we'll just simply play on our phones for throughout the day. And so those are all different ways of defrauding or stealing from our employers. Now, Colossians 3 talks about this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So a third way to uh, steal, and this one might be kind of surprising. The other two I think we can acknowledge. Okay, yeah, we've done that. We've done that. Um, That makes sense for stealing. But this third one here is actually one that God gives us in the Bible, and a lot of people don't think about it, and it's this. We can defraud the Lord. Defraud the Lord. And so what I mean by that is, in the book of Malachi, God says this, will man rob God? yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? So here's, here's what God says. So the Bible teaches us that God created everything, and that everything in the world belongs to Him, and that he made everything. All right. So if we really believe that, if we really believe really the first verse of the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth, if we really believe that God has created everything and that everything that we have is given to us, that it's God's blessing, it's God's gift to us. So the job that we have, the car that we drive, the house that we live in, all of those things are gifts from God. And if we actually believe that, then suddenly our, our, our grip on our stuff suddenly starts to loosen a little bit. And we, rather than it being mine and mine, instead it starts to loosen a little bit. And, and we start to recognize that, hey, this isn't my house. But rather, this is the house that God has given me. This isn't my car, but this is the car that God has given me. And so really, um, it's not that we're even the owners of it. It's more so that we're the stewards of it. And what I mean by a steward is like this. We read this parable this morning, uh, but it 's kind of like this it 's kind of like if your neighbor were to go on vacation for a while let 's say he 's going on vacation for a year, even and he were to hand you the keys to his house and say, "Hey, I need you to look after my house while i 'm gone now you 're not going to think for a minute that it 's your house, but you 're going to take care of it right and so in the same way, God has given you all of this, and as a result, he is asking you to be stewards of it and so if we have that kind of a perspective, then suddenly. We shift how we view our finances, how we shift how we view the things that God has given us, our jobs, our 401ks accounts, rather than it just being mine and my grip around it. Suddenly we start to realize that it's actually God's and it's what God has given us. And so God actually does this. He commands the Bible uh, as a way to, to teach us, as a way for us to put God first and to revere God. He actually commands us that we take 10% of what he has given us, which remember, all of it is his. He's given us all of it. But to take 10% and to give back to God. And he actually says that this is for a purpose in Deuteronomy. You know how sometimes uh, as parents we say, well, we'll do it just because I said so. And sometimes you have a reason, but sometimes you just don't. All right. Well, with God, He never just gives us uh, something to do without a reason behind it. In fact, Deuteronomy 22 actually spells out, it says that He gives us this commandment of tithing, this principle of tithing to give 10% back because it teaches us to revere the Lord. And so we actually grow spiritually, and it's a way of putting God first. Remember, the first commandment is to put God first. And so God wants to be number one in every area of our life, including the area of finances. So God gives us this. And, and in not doing so, in Malachi, God actually says that we're robbing him. It's weird to think about it like that. It is, but, it's, but that's what God says. That's what God says, that, that we can actually rob him in this way. A friend of mine was teaching the Ten Commandments, and and every week, you know, uh, this guy came up and said, yeah, way to go. That was a great, great message. And, and, uh, you know, really, you're preaching the word here. But then they got to this commandment, and suddenly this guy came up and said, hey, you know, you've quit preaching, and now you've started meddling. See, it's easy to look at the Ten Commandments, the ones that that don't, you don't really struggle with all that often. And it's easy to go, yeah, yeah. But then the ones that that hit home to us that we look at and we say, oh wow, this actually applies to me. And sometimes it's easy to get defensive. So those are three ways that we steal. Now, I'm also gonna give you this bonus way. In fact, it is so hot off the press because while well, I thought of it this morning, but it's so hot off the press that it's not in your notes and it's not on the slides. But here's this: it's by violating copyrights. Violating copyrights is a fourth little bonus way uh, that's easy to steal, especially today. Now this t- has been around for a while, where we could take something and and, uh, and plagiarize or break copyright laws. I mean, after all, uh, we could, for example, do a new study at Saint Mark and say, "Hey, we're doing this new small group study," and rather than ordering a hundred workbooks, we could order just one. All right, and then we could march down to our copier and copy them off whenever at the bottom it says hey don't do that that's breaking copyright laws all right um, now so I will give you this that if it says hey you know you reproduce it and use it which there's stuff out there that says that then hey go go for it right but whenever it says that it's copyright and don't reproduce uh, especially you know for a church to do that well hey I'm just saying it's tempting okay and churches by the way sometimes churches will do it and that's the thing you may even notice that like on our screens here on our slides, during the songs, we actually have at the bottom this uh, number, and it says CCLI, number da 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 And uh, I forget exactly what it stands for, Church Copyright License Institute. I think that's the name of it. Um, But essentially, it's this whole organization out there where, because we're singing copyrighted songs here, that we actually pay money, and we actually acknowledge that, and we give them credit. Um, And it's one of these things where, now, um, is a, what are the odds that if we don't put that up or if we don't subscribe to that, that a copyright lawyer is gonna come in here and sue us, what are the odds? Very slim. But at the same token, though, we just have to do it because it's the right thing to do. But whenever I talk about copyrights, I mean, obviously, this day and age, it seems like it's so easy to simply, you know, download music illegally, and then you can download movies, TV shows, and then here's the crazy thing, then you can actually take those things, then you can upload them onto YouTube, and then not only um, are you getting viewership that way, but sometimes people actually monetize it, meaning that they put an ad beforehand, so they actually make money off of someone else's copyrighted material. And then my favorite thing is whenever I go on and then I see people do that for Christian music or Christian movies. And I just think to myself, well, not only are they stealing, but they're also profiting off of stealing. And I just think to myself, this is bad. Okay. And that's, and that's how easy it is in the 21st century to break this commandment. That is something that we can just simply not even think about. Oh, I'll just, rather than buying it, I'll just take it off this website. It's no big deal. And it's just so easy how it is to break this commandment in this day and age. So, I said it's no big deal, uh, tongue in cheek, because it is a big deal. And we should be honest. So why should we be honest? We're going to spend the next few minutes talking about that. Here we go. We should be honest because we are being watched by God. Being watched by God. See, a lot of people still, because they think that they can get away with it. After all, if there's no security cameras, no security guard, I can get away with it. Especially on the internet. I can get away with it. No one's watching. But here's the deal, and that's what Satan does to tempt us. He tempts us in that way, to say, oh, you're not going to get caught. And, and then almost like it's justified. You know, like you know what, you should take this from work because, you know what, your employer should pay you more anyways. So this, it's justified. You know, I don't mind, you know, robbing from these people because after all, um, they're richer than I am and that's what they deserve, and besides they have insurance. It's almost like Satan will do this to tempt us in a way. We see God sees everything. In the book of Job it says this, for his eyes, meaning God, are on the ways of a man and he sees all his steps. There is no gloom or deep darkness where evildoers may hide themselves. So here's the thing, that we are all going to give an account to God. And really, you can't fool God. You can't. You, you, there's, just, there's not a way that you can mock Him. There's not a way you can fool Him. And as well, here's the other thing, is that sometimes we're, we get away with it, either from the police or from our employers or something. But sometimes other people around us will notice and, and that's bad, especially if it's your kids, because now all of a sudden, you might have gotten away with it, kind of, but your kids saw it. And and what kind of values, what kind of ethics then are you passing down, are you teaching your kids? And see, the Bible says, light, let your light shine so people can see your good works and praise your Father. In other words, whenever they know that you're a Christian, uh, that, that they should look at us and say, wow, you know, I want to be like you. And, and then they'll give glory to God the Father after they see our good works. And so if we do other things like this and we just, um, you know, sin and just excuse ourselves, then what kind of witness is that to the people around us? So another reason is because I will reap whatever I sow. I will reap whatever I sow. Galatians 6 says this, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he also will will reap. So this is obviously basic farming. If you take an apple seed, for example, and you plant it, then you're going to have what kind of a tree? An apple tree, right? It's, uh, it's not exactly rocket science here. And this is just the way life works out a lot of times. That if whatever you give out, a lot of times you'll get back. If you cheat people, you'll be cheated. If you take advantage of people, a lot of times you'll get taken advantage of. You see, with sin, there's always a consequence. You reap whatever you sow. So then another reason to be honest is dishonesty damages my character. Dishonesty damages my character. Proverbs 10 says, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. See here's the thing, this affects you spiritually. So even if, even if you get away with it, where you're not caught by the police, you're not caught by your employer, and uh, no one else saw you, and let's say that they even are able to reimburse with insurance or something like that. Even if you think that there's there's is a victimless crime, and you think that you got away with it, and there was, there was, nothing that was damaged. Actually, there was something damaged, and it was yourself. You see, whenever we go and we do something like that, it's, it's damaging our character. It's damaging our heart. See, this affects you spiritually. That's why it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's something that God cares about. And, and regardless of whether we get away with it or not, the whole point is that it affects us. It affects us spiritually. See, Jesus said this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? So imagine if you could, if you could have all of this, because if that's what you want, if you want stuff, imagine if you had all the stuff. You want money, if you had all the money in the world, but then to lose your soul, is it worth it? Only a fool would do that, Jesus says. See, it affects our heart, affects our character. You know, one of the myths that I hear is is people will say, yeah, Mike, you just don't understand. In order to really get ahead... You have to kind of play fast and loose with the rules. You have, to, you have to do things that bump you up, that get you ahead. And, of course, they're talking about cheating. And, and I've heard people talk about this with climbing the corporate ladder in the corporate world. I've heard people talk about this with, with sports and athletics. I've heard people talk about this with school. They just don't understand, Mike, in order to get this GPA, to get into this school, you just have to, you, know, you just have to cheat a little bit. And and really, um, that's actually a wrong myth, because there's a study that found the 50 most profitable companies in America, they all had one thing in common, and it's that they all had this high moral ethics. Now, my dad, he works in the oil industry, and one time he was talking about how they were looking for a new CEO. And he was saying that... um, and he was describing the kind of person that they were, were headhunting for the CEO of a large oil company. And to be entirely honest with you, my perception of, of the kind of person that they wanted was someone who uh, was very charismatic and could lead people, but also was, was so charismatic that was also just a little bit sleazy, if you know what I mean. And and, and one who could just, um, you know, uh, woo over people, you know, the whole kind of uh, snow or sell snow to an Eskimo kind of thing. Uh, but they, you know, I kind of thought they wanted someone who, who, would, could, um, who could just dominate and who could just win. That's the kind of person I thought they wanted. But actually, what, what he said was, no, no, they said they want a person who is so squeaky clean. That's how he described him, uh, has no background of, of, of for sure any sort of criminal history, but, but just in general, the way that they operate other companies previously, the way that they manage is, is just with a very high ethical code. Because the last thing that a corporation needs, is some sort of scandal or uh, some sort of uh, shady bookkeeping because all of those things can instantly destroy a company as we've seen uh, even it's been now several years but we have Enron to learn from right where we have um, the scandal we have uh, false bookkeeping and the entire company and as a result people's lives just came collapsing down And so actually it's the opposite, that if you really want to get ahead, have a reputation of integrity. And if you have a reputation of integrity, you will get noticed. Other people will get caught and you will get noticed. And then the final reason here to be honest is because God will reward my honesty. God will reward my honesty. Proverbs 28 says this, honest people will lead a full happy life. But if you're in a hurry to get rich, you're going to be punished. So here's the thing: so God tests us to see how much we can handle. In our scripture reading, we had we had this story uh, about a guy who was, was given a talent, which was a sum of money back then, and he was to manage it. He was to be a steward of it. And and what we find here is that he's giving him just a little bit at first to see how he does with it. And then if he's if he's honest, if he does well with it, then he's going to give him. Uh, more, right? And so Matthew 25 says this, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. So you pass the test, enter into the joy of your master. And so here's the thing. So if if we're honest with, with what God has given us now, if we have integrity with the gifts that God has given us, then he promises to bless us. And And so here's the thing, especially if you think of it this way, like, someone who, I don't know, let's make up an example, someone who steals a camcorder to start a videography business, for example. Well, do you think that God is going to really bless that videography business? I mean, probably not. And in fact, uh, he might just do some things to the camera where it just malfunctions and just explodes or something, uh, just to kind of mess with the person, to teach them a lesson. And so, so here's the thing. If we can be faithful with a little, we can be faithful with a lot. And God gives us this blessing whenever we're faithful. So here's the thing. So we've all been dishonest. We can look at this commandment now. And again, we may not have stolen guitars and sweatpants or stolen $1.2 million worth of fajitas like people have actually done apparently. But we can all look at this and say, you know what, there's been times in my life where we've been dishonest. And, and, and here's the thing, that that's actually why Jesus went to us on the cross, that he actually went to the cross for our sins. See, we are supposed to pay the price for our punishment, but Jesus actually paid it for us. In fact, uh, this is so relevant to the cross that think about who he was crucified next to. Who were the two people next to him? Both of them were thieves. Yeah, they had been caught for stealing. And so really at at that time, the price for stealing was crucifixion. And so, and since we've all done that, we all really deserve this crucifixion. And Jesus died for us on the cross so we don't have to. And so he took that punishment for, for us. And really because of that, we can be forgiven of our sins. And that if we trust him, if we live a life of integrity, then he promises to bless us. And all God's people said, amen. And so join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for gathering us together on this beautiful summer morning here, Lord, to to discuss your commandments and your sets of guidelines for how to live. The top ten things that matter to you. And Lord, we recognize as we get into this commandment about stealing, about how really it applies to us and how there's been different times in our lives where we've been dishonest. And so God, we pray that we can... Uh, leave this place and we can uh, live a life that, one, that is not just stealing stuff from stores, but also that is living a life of honesty and integrity. In all this we pray. Amen.